From the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, Arizona, welcome to episode 215 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. My name is Deacon Steve. I am a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. Life marches on, despite all its challenges. The President and First Lady contract coronavirus. It seems like no one is safe in this world. However, as believers in Christ, we know that Christ is with us. We are not promised that we will be safe in this world, but we know that no matter what we face, our Lord is with us. Lord, please give us courage and help us to always have faith in you. In episode 215 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast, we first discuss our Saint of the Week, Blessed Francis Xavier Silos, a missionary priest who served the Church with zeal and love. We will hear a homily for the 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time, as Jesus tells us a parable about a king's invitation to a wedding. In the segment, Catholics in the News, we will learn about a bishop challenging us to overcome the sin of racism. In our segment, Truth in the Media, we will discover a new Catholic radio program. In the segment entitled, I Don't Get It, I will try to understand why a Catholic man chose to sue a university. Finally, during our Truth Topic of the Week, we will hear the truth from Pope Francis about abortion and the family. All of this, plus music from Christ Our Light, who sings, My Redeemer Lives. This and more on episode 215 of What is Truth? Saint of the Week. Zeal is a preacher and confessor, led Father Silos to works of compassion. Born in southern Bavaria, Father Silos studied philosophy and theology in Munich. On hearing about the work of the Redemptorists among German-speaking Catholics in the United States, he came to this country in 1843. Ordained at the end of 1844, he was assigned for six years to St. Philomena's Parish in Pittsburgh, as an assistant to St. John Newman. The next three years, Father Silos was superior in the same community and began his service as a novice master. Several years in parish ministry in Maryland followed, along with responsibility for training redemptorist students. During the Civil War, Father Silos went to Washington, D.C., and appealed to President Lincoln that those students not be drafted for military service, although eventually some were. For several years, he preached in English and in German throughout the Midwest and in the Mid-Atlantic states. Assigned to St. Mary of the Assumption Church community in New Orleans, Father Silos served as redemptorist confreres and parishioners with great zeal. In 1867, he died of yellow fever, having contracted that disease while visiting the sick. He was beatified in 2000. The liturgical feast of Blessed Francis Xavier Silos is October 5th. Blessed Francis Xavier Silos, who served the church as a missionary, bringing the love and truth of Jesus to the people, our Saint of the Week. 
homily of the week. Today's readings are based, or homily is based on the readings for the 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time, as we hear the parable of the king and the wedding banquet. A woman named Lisa was out tending her garden, and her neighbor walked by. They exchanged pleasantries, said hello, and Lisa asked the common question, Where are you going? The neighbor, her friend, said, I'm going to church. But she added five simple words to change the trajectory of Lisa's life. Her friend said, Do you want to go? And Lisa said, Yes. The funny thing is that Lisa lived only a few blocks from the Catholic Church where she had been invited to go that day. She had heard the church bells for years, but it wasn't until her neighbor asked her, do you want to go, invited her, that she finally said yes. She went to that Catholic church. She got to know Jesus better in his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. She started taking confirmation classes, was confirmed, and is now living in a different community, but in that community is an active member of her parish, all because of that invitation. In our first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, we hear the Lord invite the people to his banquet, so to speak, full of rich foods and choice wines. He's inviting them to join him on, and that he will provide for them. In our second reading from St. Paul of the Philippians, we hear that God will supply what we need. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, the parable of the wedding banquet, the king invites so many people to the banquet for the wedding of his son. Many don't come. And then he kind of pulls people off the street and then gets understandably enraged when one of the people at the banquet is not dressed and is not ready to be there. God invites us to his banquet. He invites us ultimately to the kingdom of heaven, where we will be at peace, tranquility, and be one with him. So we are invited to God to grow in closeness, to grow in intimacy, and God willing to grow with him to eternal life. But the question is, how do we respond to that invitation? Sometimes we don't respond because we're simply too busy to respond. We're too caught up in what we're doing, what we're feeling, what's on our agenda, that we truly do not respond, assuming we even hear the invitation at all. Sometimes our busyness blocks our ears and we are not able to hear in the silence God's whisper and invitation. Other times we hear the Lord, but we're too focused on things of the world on enjoying what things we can enjoy in the midst of a pandemic. And then when we're in that mode, we're not listening or responding to God's invitation. And although it is not pleasant to think about this, there are times that we hear God's invitation and we simply say, no, thank you. I don't want to go. Just like human beings are invited to social events or certainly were invited before the coronavirus, sometimes we decline those invitations. And sometimes, and it's not easy to admit, we decline God's invitation. We say, no, Lord, 
Don't want to go right now. Maybe later. And yet our Lord invites us to his banquet where nothing, nothing we can imagine on earth will be better. If we are to respond and say yes to God's invitation, we must understand that there is nothing greater in the world than to say yes to the Lord and to do his will. If we're going to say yes to the invitation, we must be willing to do the will of God. That must be our prayer every day when we wake up. Lord, help me to do your will today, whatever that means. We must focus on listening to him, on hearing him, on being one with him. That means serving him and getting away from the busyness of the world to have enough silence to at least listen and respond. And then to accept that invitation of the Lord, we must not only say yes, but we must go to the Lord prepared as best we can. That's what coming to church means, reading the Bible, spending time in prayer. It's preparation for that invitation of the Lord to attend his banquet so that when that invitation can be lived out, we have done by God's grace everything we can to be prepared for it. Our Lord, my brothers and sisters, invites us to the greatest feast of all time, the feast of spending our life here on earth and God willing for all eternity with him. God invites us, but because he loves us, he does not force us to make a decision as to what we're going to do, or at least force us to make a yes decision. That choice ultimately is ours. So when the Lord invites us each day to say, will you come to my banquet? Let us think about what the priorities really are in our lives. And if we truly know what is important, there's only one word we can say to the Lord. Yes. Now let us listen to Christ our light, who reminds us of the Lord who invites us when they sing, My Redeemer Lives.
need be when in trials I am grieved. Let my faith, Lord, be proved genuine. For I then my Redeemer lives And all control is within His hands Though my heart may fail And my flesh pass away With these eyes I will behold the Lord When trials seem too difficult for me Let your grace be my sufficiency Of you I've heard by the hearing of the ear But your face is what I long to see For I know that my Redeemer lives control is within His hands Though my heart may fail and my flesh pass away With these eyes I will behold the For I know that my Redeemer lives and all control Though my heart may fail And my flesh pass away With these eyes I will behold the Catholics in the News Bishop Mark Seitz of El Paso, Texas, issued a pastoral letter reflecting on the area's history of racism and encouraging Catholics to be a source of justice after a mass shooting in the city. Night Will Be No More was issued on the theme of racism and white supremacy to reflect together on the evil that robbed us of 22 lives. Bishop Seitz wrote that God can only be calling our community to greater fidelity. Together we are called to discern the new paths of justice and mercy required of us and to rediscover our reasons for hope. An armed man had opened fire at a shopping complex in El Paso, killing 22 and injuring more than two dozen. The shooter reportedly published a four-page document online in the hours before the attack, detailing his hatred toward immigrants and Hispanics. Hate visited our community and Latino blood was spilled in sacrifice to the false god of white supremacy, said Bishop Seitz. I know God will never allow the hate that visited our community to have the last word. We must recommit ourselves, he wrote, to the hospitality and compassion that characterized our community long before we were attacked, with all the risk and vulnerability which that entails. We must continue to show the rest of the country that love is capable of mending every wound. This mystery of evil 
also includes the base belief that some of us are more important than others, deserving and worthy more than others. It includes the ugly conviction that this country and its history and opportunities and resources, as well as our economic and political life, belong more properly to white people than to people of color. He said that Catholics must build a temple of justice to which solidarity, friendship, and charity may take place. Bishop Seitz went on to say that the evil history of racism may be overcome with encounters of love. God offers us the chance to build a new history where racism does not prevail. The manifesto of hate and exclusion that entered our community can be counted with a manifesto of radical love and inclusion. He said there must be practical steps of inclusion and love overcoming unjust political measures in the racism of the past. There needs to be a new history of human rights in bridge building, he said. It is not enough not to be a racist. Our reaction could not be non-engagement. We must make a commitment to be anti-racists and anti-solidarity with the suffering and the excluded. Bishop Mark cites challenging us to overcome the sin of racism and hatred. This week's Catholics in the News. Truth in the Media. EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network now offers a new weekly show called Conversations with Consequences. The show is produced by EWTN and Guadalupe Radio Network and is hosted by Dr. Grazi Christie of the Catholic Association, with other staff from the association featured as well. Our idea is to have a conversation most of the time with guests, but sometimes with each other, that is intellectual enough to spark consequences of thought. Different ways of looking at difficult subjects in our listeners, Chrissy said. She said the idea is to take the time to tackle issues in a deeper way than normally can be done on radio. I also think it is important that we are well-informed professionals, women, as well as mothers and wives. The culture is always telling us what's good for women, what's good for people. It's important for women themselves to be in that conversation and to say that this is the real world we are experiencing. Dr. Christie, a practicing doctor and mother of five, has appeared frequently on other EWTN programming, including Morning Glory, Pro-Life Weekly, and The Nightly News. She's a policy advisor at the Catholic Association, which works to provide a faithful Catholic voice in the public square. EWTN Chairman and Chief Executive Officer Michael P. Wausau said the network is proud to offer its audience this radio show. Whether discussing issues of life, religious liberty, church, or human dignity, listeners can expect an intelligent and thoughtful conversation from a faithful Catholic perspective with leading thinkers of our time. The show is produced in Washington, D.C. and is released each Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. Conversations with Consequences, a radio program telling the truth of how to live the faith of the church. This week's Truth in the Media.
The Catholic former head of Florida State University's Student Senate is suing the school, saying his religious freedom was violated when he was removed from his position. Jack Denton, a member of the FSU class of 2021, was ousted from his position as head of the FSU Student Senate when comments he made in a private chat forum for Catholic students were made public. He claimed that the policy positions of BlackLiveMatters.com, the ACLU, and Reclaim the Block contradicted the teachings of the Catholic Church in conversation about racial justice. A Change.org petition called his comments transphobic and racist, and the Student Senate subsequently voted to remove him as chair. He unsuccessfully appealed to the Student Supreme Court and to university administrators for his reinstatement. Denton's lawyer said that Florida State should be fostering real diversity of thought, not punishing individuals based on their religious convictions or political beliefs. While FSU students claim they're creating a safe place, they've tried to cancel Mr. Denton's freedoms and discriminate against him because they don't like his beliefs, in direct violation of their own ethics code. Denton's comments were made in a GroupMe text messaging forum for members of the university's Catholic Student Union in a conversation about racial justice and which organizations that students should financially support. He noted that groups BlackLiveMatters.com, Reclaim the Block, and the ACLU all advocate for things that are explicitly anti-Catholic. Denton's lawsuit alleges that his free speech was constitutionally protected by the First Amendment and that the state university unlawfully retaliated against his speech and committed viewpoint discrimination. He names university administrators and members of the Student Senate as defendants. So let me try to understand this one. A Catholic student loses his position because he challenges an organization that teaches ideology contrary to the church and, and basically says to him, you're not you know, responding to our free speech, and yet in doing so, they're discriminating against him. Now, I don't know if you understand this, but I, I'm totally confused. You got to be kidding me, right? I don't get it! Truth Topic of the Week Pope Francis recently spoke that denying the existence of human life in the womb through abortion does not solve problems. Unfortunately, he said, some countries and international institutions are also promoting abortion as one of the so-called essential services provided in the humanitarian response to the pandemic. It is troubling to see how simple and convenient it has become for some to deny the existence of a human life as a solution to problems that can and must be solved for both the mother and her unborn child. Pope Francis went on to say that the problem of today's, quote, throwaway culture, unquote, was rooted in a disrespect for human dignity. At the origin of this culture is a gross lack of respect for the human dignity the promotion of ideologies with reductive understandings of the human person, a denial of the universality of wide, fundamental and widespread human rights, and a craving for absolute power and control 
that is widespread in today's society. Let us name this for what it is, an attack against humanity itself, Pope Francis related. It is in fact painful to see the number of fundamental human rights that in our day continue to be violated with impunity. The list of such violations is indeed lengthy, the Holy Father went on to say, and offers us a frightening picture of a humanity abused, wounded, deprived of dignity, freedom, and hope for the future. As part of this picture, religious believers continue to endure every kind of persecution, including genocide itself, because of their beliefs. We Christians, too, are victims of this. How many of our brothers and sisters throughout the world are suffering, forced at times to flee from their ancestral lands, cut off from their rich history and culture? All too often, the family is the victim of forms of ideological colonialism that weaken it and end up producing in many of its members, especially the most vulnerable, the young and the elderly, a feeling of being orphaned and lacking roots. The breakdown of the family echoes the social fragmentation that hinders our efforts to confront common enemies, he added. Pope Francis said that the coronavirus pandemic has highlighted the urgent need to make every person's right to basic medical care a reality and expose the rapidly growing inequality between the super-rich and the permanently poor. I think the effects of the pandemic on employment, there's an urgent need to find new forms of work truly capable of fulfilling our human potential and affirming our dignity. In order to ensure dignified employment, there must be a change in the prevailing economic paradigm, which seeks only to expand companies' profits. Offering jobs to more people should be one of the main objectives of every business, one of the criteria for the success of productive activity. One path leads to consolidation of multilateralism as the expression of renewed sense of global co-responsibility, a solidarity grounded in justice, and the attainment of peace and unity within the human family, which is God's plan for our world. The Holy Father concluded that other paths that emphasize self-sufficiency, nationalism, protectionism, individualism, and isolation excludes the poor, the vulnerable, the unborn, and those dwelling on the peripheries of life. That path would certainly be detrimental to the whole community, calling self, causing self-inflicted wounds on everyone. It must not prevail. Pope Francis telling us the importance of protecting life from the womb onward and protecting our families living in truth. Our Truth Topic of the Week. Well, we have concluded episode 215 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. If you have any feedback about the podcast you wish to share or just say hello, please email me at deaconstevew, all lowercase, all one word, at gmail, that's g-m-a-i-l dot com. Let us pray. Lord, help us to discern the truth, the truth you call us all to live. Help us to live in this truth so that we can be what you created us to be, truly free. And let us ask our Lady's help in this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
Until next time, this is Deacon Steve. I invite you to join me as we discover together what is truth.